It's been a tough past couple days for the Louisville men's and women's basketball teams. On today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast, we're going to talk about this weekend's action. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Um, like I mentioned, a tough weekend for both the Louisville men's and women's basketball teams. The men's basketball team lost to Kentucky, 86-63. to 60, to 63. Some of these same issues um, Popping up again, the women's basketball team's winning streak was snapped on Sunday when they lost 63-56 to to the Duke Blue Devils. And then for the final segment of the show, we'll um, do another weekly mailbag. Uh, before we talk about the men's basketball loss on Saturday to rival Kentucky, uh, just a couple things. Number one, still in this room of the house. Um, Wi-Fi has been a little tough to deal with, but I do apologize for the very bland backdrop i know that um the backdrop hasn't necessarily been the greatest but this is definitely bland uh but i will also be out of town beginning tuesday morning to friday afternoon so there will not be an episode tuesday wednesday or thursday probably not one friday morning either obviously but there will be one friday evening when i get back and probably one saturday morning so just um keep note of that from a programming standpoint but Nonetheless, let's get right on into the content of the show. The men's basketball team lost to Kentucky 86-63 to in Rupp Arena on Saturday. This was a matchup, obviously, Louisville not having the greatest of seasons coming into the game 2-11, um, 0-2 on the road. Granted, Kentucky, despite being ranked 19th, they were 8-4, just lost to Missouri on the road. Um, now they are out of the top 25, but at the at that point in time, they were still ranked. So both teams came into this matchup um, not necessarily uh, satisfied with where they were at. Obviously, definitely not from Louisville's standpoint, but Kentucky entering the matchup was most services had them as a 23.5 point favorite. So... You know, not a lot of people expected Louisville to, um, you know, have a realistic chance of winning this. But nonetheless, it's a rivalry game, so sometimes you just never know. Um, but early on, it was all Kentucky. Um, the first handful of shots the Wildcats made, they went up uh, pretty quickly in this game. Louisville seemed uh, to struggle right out of the gate. Kentucky had a 12-2 uh, to lead. Um, and seemingly, obviously, did not look back. The Cardinals never had a lead in this game against the Wildcats. Um, there were some instances in that first half to where it seemed like Kentucky was going to pull away. They had a 19-5 to lead 
uh, 21-6. So they were flirting with the 20-point lead. Um, defensively, I think Louisville did what it needed to do around like the second TV timeout to, to keep it at bay. Uh, Brandon Huntley-Hadfield's dunk cut the lead to single digits with about 12 minutes to go. And then both teams struggled offensively. Um, that was kind of the takeaway from this game is that neither team really did much offensively. Despite looking at this and seeing Kentucky put up 86, um, they struggled for good parts of that first half. Louisville's defense, I thought, solid at times. The effort was there in bits and pieces, but nonetheless, um, Kentucky's size definitely proved to be a problem. Um, but you look at that second half, um, and I think that the second half kind of epitomized what you see from Louisville on a game-in, game-out basis. Um, it was 45-30 to 30 at half. Louisville then scored the first seven points of the second half, uh, looked like the better team in the first um, four-minute stretch of the second half, but then they hit a rough patch, um, and then about halfway through the second half, the team just ran out of steam, which has been an issue um, throughout the season. So ultimately, a couple takeaways that I take, a couple takeaways that I take away from this game. Okay, Dalton, good job. Um, it's hard to look too much in, into a 23-point loss. Um, the Cardinals shot 47% from the field. Kentucky shot 60% from the field. Um, but both teams struggled from behind the line, 31% for Kentucky. Louisville just 2 of 13, which is just over 15%. The Cardinals and Wildcats both shot at least 23 free throws. Um, but some of the same issues Mainly the turnover, uh, the assist to turnover ratio, 15 turnovers to only five assists. Um, it continues to be a problem of, um, you know, getting the ball moving and creating open shots for other players on the court. That seems to be the issue throughout the season that I look at. And I think that that's one of the things that um, is discouraging the most is that this team is not necessarily doing a great job of taking care of the basketball. But on top of that, they're not um, converting on the offensive end in terms of getting teammates open shots. And that's showing in the stat sheet. And I think that that's perhaps one of the more glaring statistics that I see from a game-in, game-out standpoint here for Louisville. Um, look, I, I understand um, the fan base is extremely divided. Um, <clears throat> some people think, oh, it's it's a roster issue. Um, you know, Kenny Payne and company can't uh, do what they need to do with this roster. Another portion of the fan base on the other side says there's talent on this roster, but the coaching staff is holding them back. Um I think that both sides are right and they're wrong. Um, I, I think that there is talent on this roster. I think that uh, the coaching could be better. Obviously, I'm sitting here on a podcast, so I'm not you know claiming to know what um, you know would be best. I'm not saying that I know more than the coaches, but um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that um, you know the the roster isn't necessarily the greatest. And obviously, I think that the coaching needs to be adjusted as well. Um, you look at the game against Kentucky. I, I think that the 2-3 zone or the zone that Louisville played in that first half and really throughout, I don't necessarily think it worked all that well. 
Um, I think that it really hurt the Cardinals rebounding the basketball, something that's been an issue throughout. The Wildcats out-rebounded Louisville 33-20. to 20. 15 of the 33 rebounds were offensive rebounds. They um, you know, out-rebounded Louisville on the offensive end 15-8. to 8. They had more offensive rebounds than Louisville had defensive rebounds. Now, granted, you have Oscar Shibway, you have Jacob Toppin, you have Chris Livingston. You have a lot of size in that front court. I mean, Shibway is a guy that can turn in a 20-rebound performance on any given evening. He had 24 and 14. Jacob Toppin had 24 points, 7 rebounds. Um, and Kaysen Wallace had 17 points to go along with 5 rebounds. Louisville's issue on the offensive end also were um, extremely obvious. L. Ellis is a great player. Look, I think that he is being tasked with doing a lot more than he needs to be doing. I think responsibility-wise, he's being asked to do too much on the offensive end on a nightly basis. Um, He had 23 points, 7 of 16 from the field. Outside of that, only one player in double figures. That was Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. He was 5 for 7 from the field, 10 points. I think that he had a solid game. Sidney Curry and Jalen Withers combined for 5 points in the front court. And only two rebounds. Look, or I'm sorry, three rebounds. That can't happen if you're the Louisville Cardinals. Um, you know, I understand you're going up against a good front court, but that's a very, very tough statistic to look at. You know, having your two big men outside of Brandon Huntley Hatfield struggling to not only score but also to get uh, on the boards. Um, outside of that, you know, I thought that JJ Trainer had a, a decent performance. He had five points. Kamari Lance had nine points, three rebounds. Um, but outside of those three, uh, you know, Mike James had eight points. He was three of nine from the field. I, I just think offensively, we're still wondering what is the identity of this team on offense. Defensively, look, I think that the issue with this team, and I think I see it on a game and game out basis. Look, I think that this team has shown improvement over the first two months of the season. But the inconsistency doesn't allow you to see that as a whole. There are stretches of the game or a couple possessions to where you see that hustle. You see that um, you know toughness. You see the team move without the ball and get open shots. You see the team you know, put forth maximum effort on defense. But there's so many stretches in games to where they don't or they struggle offensively. They take bad shots, bad shot selection. They don't try the hardest uh, rebounding the basketball. The effort's not there at times. So as much as improvement you may see time and time out here and there, the consistency almost takes away any of that progression because that's been the issue all throughout is that we've been so inconsistent that it's hard to really look at this and think that this team is progressing. So obviously – We'll look at things here um, as the ACC schedule gets kicked off uh, tomorrow against Syracuse. We'll see how the team uh, plays against the Orange. Um, But for the remainder of the show, well, actually for the second segment of the show, I should say, we'll go into the women's basketball side of things where the Cardinals lost to Duke on Sunday afternoon, snapping a winning streak. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Look, um, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. It helps you quickly attract qualified candidates 
they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of. Um, it makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Cardinal fans. Thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Moving right on along into the women's basketball team's weekend loss against the Duke Blue Devils on the road, 63-56. to um, It was the, uh, the game that snapped a, I think it was, a six-game winning streak for the Cardinals dating back to the win against SIUE. Um, they had victories over Kentucky, Bellarmine, Pittsburgh, DePaul, Syracuse, and uh, well, and Syracuse. Um, and the team looking to continue that momentum into the new year stumbled a little bit on the road in Durham with a 63 to 56 loss over the Duke Blue Devils. The Cardinals are now 11 and five. They were knocking on the door to get back into the top 25, but nonetheless, I think that this game showed that there still are some things that need to be worked on. Um, statistically speaking, I think that Duke opened up this game pretty solidly, won the first quarter 8-2-11, had a, um, had a uh, halftime lead. The Cardinals won the third quarter and cut the lead to one late in the fourth, and Duke was able to extend the game. Um, I think that the issues that we've seen throughout – have kind of been the issues that we've seen throughout. Uh, Haley Van Lith had 23 points, 11-21 shooting. Um, she has once again carried the scoring responsibilities for the Cardinals. Um, the issue with um, Haley's offensive game this season, and it was shown on um, on – Sunday was the three-point shooting. Obviously, this season shooting just under 23% from behind the arc. She was one of nine on Sunday afternoon, something that has to be improved on. She's definitely a capable shooter of getting to um, you know, the mid-30s. Not necessarily a great shooting season so far, but still there's a lot of time left to go. But the Cardinals definitely need to turn it around. I'm not worried about Haley Van Lith because – She's been the focal point of every single team's defensive efforts since we've started the season. So my issue is, where is the scoring coming outside of Haley Van Lith? None of the other players on the Louisville's team scored more than eight points 
against the Blue Devils. Olivia Cochran had eight points. She is three of eight from the field. Overall, the Cardinals, 46% from the field, 25% from behind the arc. Only two free throws. That's another thing is Duke shot 16 free throws, made 14 of them in this contest. Only two free throws for the Cardinals in this matchup, and they were both and ones from Nyla Harris and Olivia Cochran. Uh, Liz Dixon played 16 minutes, had zero points, but eight rebounds. Um, simply put, the Cardinals are going to have to get more scoring from Chrislyn Carr, Morgan Jones, and um, Josie Williams. Uh, all three of those players combined for 15 points. Morgan, just two of seven from the field. Chrislyn, three of six. And Josie was two of four. Now, granted, I understand this is a team that utilizes the very balanced scoring approach. Um, you know, we talk about Emily Ingsler last year and why, even if she wasn't scoring, it was very valuable that, um, you know, she was bringing forth the defense and the rebounding and the assists and the pick and rolls. And I think that that same role is being applied to Morgan Jones as well. I think that she does a lot of things better than just scoring the basketball. She's a very good defensive player, solid rebounder as well. Um, but there is no Kiana Smith on this year's team to alleviate some of those scoring responsibilities. There's no Chelsea Hall, um, so on and so forth, right? So I think that Louisville needs someone else to consistently step up. Actually, probably two more players. They need the veteran transfers to step up scoring the basketball. Um, they've been inconsistent. I know it's not easy sometimes to jump into a system and be able to learn it right away. Uh, but Morgan is averaging essentially 10 and 5. Uh, Chrislin, on the other hand, is averaging um, 11.1 points per game, three rebounds, three assists. So, you know, I, I think that I'm not necessarily in the mindset that it's panic zone time. I think that obviously it's very urgent that this team is able to start turning it around because, look, Louisville, the, the schedule does not get any easier for the Cardinals in um, you know, ACC play. I mean, you look at who they play just this month. You're on the road against Virginia Tech. You have NC State at home. Uh, you know, you play at Florida State, so on and so forth. So you have some interesting games coming up that you have to um, hopefully continue to get better and better. I don't think that obviously this is a season where Louisville is going to win the ACC. If they do, I'd be surprised. But still, I mean, if there's one coach that can turn it around, it's Jeff Walls. They've got the pieces to do it on this team. Um, but unfortunately, it's been sort of a, a start that we haven't necessarily been used to. Um, Elizabeth Balagoon, the former Cardinal, 8 for 15 from the field. She had a 20-point, 10-rebound, double-double. Um, so I, I think that Duke is pretty solid. I mean, they're 13-1 and one on the season. The only loss comes to a 28-point defeat against UConn earlier in the season. I mean, they beat NC State by double digits um, the game before Louisville. So maybe the game against Duke is probably a, a combination of Louisville struggling, but also Duke is a pretty solid um, opponent this year in ACC play. But I think that there is still some to be desired for the Cardinals. I think defensively, the team has, um, you know, solid defense. Um, rebounding still has to be, uh, a point of emphasis, which it has been. The Cardinals actually out-rebounded Duke 32-28, to the same amount of offensive rebounds, um, 17 turnovers to just seven assists. Like the men's basketball team, that's one of the big issues as well. And I think that that kind of goes hand-in-hand -hand with, uh, 
you know, finding other scorers outside of Haley Van Lip. There's no doubt in my mind that Morgan Jones and Chris Lynn Carr can be that or be those second secondary and tertiary scoring options. And then you have Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon who can both score in double figures on any given evening. But you still need um, that to be on a consistent basis because if you're going through the season and Haley Van Lith is your only scoring option that's consistent throughout the year, you're going to struggle throughout ACC play. And ultimately, you're going to struggle in the NCAA tournament as well. So as much as I'm not panicking right now, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. It's still time that we need to definitely see this team start to take steps into the right direction. We saw that beforehand. Hopefully, the team can uh, brush this loss off, learn from it, and get back on track. So um, we'll talk about more women's basketball action as the season goes along. Before we get into the weekly mailbag to conclude the show, I want to talk to you about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and more. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So heading into the final segment of the show, I know we had a weekly mailbag uh, before the end of the week, but with the week being a little weird from a programming standpoint this upcoming week, I do want to um, dive into the mailbag now um, so we can get it out of the way, and um, hopefully we have some recruiting news at the end of the week, so I'm kind of saving some uh, segments for that, but regardless... To the mailbag, the first one is a new question. With the defensive performance that Purdue put on in the bowl game against LSU, are you worried about some of those staff members coming to Louisville under Jeff Brom, and are you worried about the Cardinals' defense next season? Um, There's two ways I look at this. Number one, it's a bowl game. Uh, Purdue was missing a lot of pieces. You know, Their coaching staff was obviously not full. You're playing an LSU team that was maybe a result away from really being in the playoff hunt, which they were at the end of the year before they lost to A&M in the regular season finale. Um, I think that uh, you can't really look too much into that bowl game. I don't put too much emphasis on it, but I think before that bowl game and one one of the concerns that uh, or one of the questions that people had surrounding Jeff Brom's team is Purdue's defenses have been somewhat uninspiring to Louisville fans over the past couple of seasons. How does that translate to the Louisville uh, program next season um, with better recruiting. Does that mean that the defense plays better? Um, obviously, I think that the staffing hasn't been complete yet. I know that um, Mark Hagan, um, Ron English, Mark Ivey, and company are going to be on the staff. Uh, what does the defense look like? Are they going to go to a four-two-five base package? Um, but ultimately, I think that that is one thing going ahead to next season that we look at and we wonder – you know offensively this team is probably going to be better than they were last year. But defensively, what is this team going to look like? They brought some solid pieces in. Stephen Heron, Marquise Gross-Killebrew, Stan Quan Clark, um, uh, Devin Neal Jr., Miles Slusher. So, and Monty Montgomery is um, probably going to be back. So how does this team look? And obviously you have Jermaine Lolay as well that's going to be back, assuming. Um, but how is this team going to look? And I think that that's one of the big questions. But to answer the original question, no, I don't put too much emphasis on the bowl game. I think that my questions have arisen probably before that. So moving right on along, um, 
towards back towards basketball talk, how many wins do you think that this team ends up with? Um, look, you're sitting at two wins right now, right? Um, I think that this is a tough one. I don't want to say that this team is not going to win another game, but if we're going to be completely honest, I think that the ACC play is going to be tough. I really do. I think that this is going to be a situation to where if you're going to beat um, you know, certain teams, it's probably going to be uh, the bottom dwellers of the um, the ACC, so on and so forth. So I'm sorry, I'm looking up the schedule right now and, and kind of seeing where teams are. I forget where who is. I, I think that um, it, it's hard. I, I don't think that this team necessarily gets over five wins. If they do, I'll be surprised. Um, I think that they may compete with teams more than um, they have in the first uh, portion of the season. But you look at the ACC, you look at um, who's where they are. I think Georgia Tech sitting at 7-6, and six, uh, Notre Dame at 8-6, and six, um, Florida State at 4-11. I mean, they, they lost to Florida State by quite a lot. Um, so I don't know. I think Notre Dame, Georgia Tech might be maybe the teams that Louisville has the best chance against, but you're still going up against some solid teams in the ACC. So I think you're probably looking less than five wins. Uh, I can't look at the schedule right now um, with a uh, clear, unbiased opinion and say that I would predict Louisville to win said game. So continuing to go on along with there being, um, you know, another spot left by DeAndre Moore, do you think the addition of Kevin Coleman Jr. from Jackson State would be uh, a complete uh, one-for-one swap? So I assume what, what the question means is if you add Kevin Coleman Jr., does that take away the sting of DeAndre Moore? I think it, it, it takes away a lot of it. I think that Kevin Coleman was also highly rated coming out of high school, solid year as a freshman last year for Jackson State. Um, a home run threat, five foot eleven speedster. So I think that what you were going to get in DeAndre Moore, you're going to get in Kevin Coleman Jr., assuming that you get a commitment from him. Um, but we'll, we will have an episode about that also um, posted sometime here shortly. So uh, be sure to stay tuned to that. But I think that it definitely takes away some of the sting. You've talked a lot about Jawar Jordan being a running back one. Uh, do you think Louisville is going to bring in a guy that directly competes for those uh, starting running back uh, snaps? I mean, they're going to probably add a transfer running back. It's going to be hard to convince a guy to come into this program with a guy that's already probably projected as a starting running back and compete. Um, maybe they bring in a guy who they view as underrated, that they could see as a rotational guy. Um, it, it'll depend. I, I don't think that um, we're going to go into the season with anyone other than Jawar Jordan as running back one. Um, but it's going to be hard to convince players to come in to um, compete with Jordan as the starting running back because a lot of guys want that confirmation that they're going to be the guy. Um, you have Kewan Brown, you have Maurice Turner, but I think that you know if you bring in a, a you know a battle tested, productive Power Five running back or even a guy from the FCS or Group of Five rank uh, ratings. Um, who knows? Uh, but I don't think – they'll obviously compete because it's going to be a competition in the offseason and fall camp, so on and so forth. But I still think that um, Jawar Jordan is your is your running back one. So, But like I said, that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very, very soon.